0: Good morning, Ascent, friends and family. It is so good to see all of you on today. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Maurice. Today is going to be an amazing Sunday, and I got three good reasons why. Reason number one, it is Super Bowl Sunday, and I'm a Steelers fan, so I've learned to not bet against Brady. So I'm sorry for those of you who are Chiefs fans, I'm going for Brady. Number two, why this is going to be a good Sunday, is we're live streaming. This is our very first Sunday where we are streaming live. What does that mean? That means that not only for you are in the room, but Right now, simultaneously, there are hundreds of people who are watching live right now via live stream. Now, i for—I got to coach you guys in the room that not only will I be looking at you, but I have, have some moments where I'm staring right at the camera because I want all of you at home, hundreds of you who are, are sitting at home on your couch to know that we love you, we see you, and thank you for joining us. We've done some pre-record and we love pre-record but it's something about when we're doing something all in at the same time. So live stream is something that we're leaning into. So we will be looking at you, but we're also gonna be telling everybody at home, thank you for joining us and make sure that you're joining us on today for worship. Last but not least, what an amazing way to kick off this Sunday, all in Sunday, live stream Sunday, then by way of communion. What is communion? We'll talk about that a little bit later. But for those of you who are here, you have your communion cups, which we've laid out in the auditorium, but we also for you at home. If you wanna be a part of this, make sure you grab whatever it is. If it's bread and wine, if it's cookies and milk, whatever that is, we're gonna take a moment a little bit later on in the service to stop and remember what Jesus did on the cross. But for now, for those of you who are here, And for those of you who are at home, we want you to worship with us. We have a good friend of Ascent, his name is Ben Folk, and he's going to be leading us on today. So would you stand to your feet and let us all worship together at home and for those of us who are in the room.
1: next song together i'd like for you to really take these moments whether you're here in the room or whether you're at home watching on the screen at your table or on your couch i just want you to be intentional intentional about inviting the spirit of god to fill you right now i want just ask him to come holy spirit give us your presence pour out your peace pour out your joy that we might experience you fully this morning Let's do that together as we see. is Father, we feel your presence in this room this morning. I feel you in my heart, I feel you in my life, and it is my prayer, everyone joining us in worship today will experience your presence. They'll experience the gift of your love and grace that you showed us through your son, Jesus Christ. Father, I ask that you will fill us with your spirit now, that we may hear from you today as we open your word together and as we seek to know you more. Thank you for your presence in this place. We pray in your name. Amen. You can go ahead and have a seat.
0: Well, good morning, Ascent, once again. It is so awesome. We're continuing our in-week, or our uh, in-person experiment. And it's just special when we get to see your faces here and also for all of you at home. Um, There's a few things that I want to detail and invite you into. First and foremost, if you're new here at Ascent, I just wanna welcome you and let you know that you have a place here and thank you for joining us. I met a family last week and they were telling me how they Googled the church. Said, how'd you hear about Ascent? He said, we Googled the church and we decided to come. And they've been here, they've come, and it's just important to detail that there are new people that are joining our church and it is so special. So if you're new here, whether you're at home or in, in person, thank you for being with us. Also, what I want to invite you guys into is that there are some things here at Ascent that's taking place that is so special. One of the big things that we're all about is community. We, are firmly, we firmly believe that we were never created to do life alone. So later on in the month of February, actually February 21st, we're going to be starting our core groups. We're going to be encouraging everyone, not starting them because there's some that are going right now, but we're going to be encouraging people to join a core group. What is core groups? Well, there's these specific groups that we have that are detailed. Some are young couples, some are vintage groups, some are all over. There's so many different ones. Some meet on Sundays, some meet on Wednesdays. These are groups of people who have come together and they're searching, seeking community, And there's various backgrounds, whether you're a skeptic or a person who's had a strong belief in faith, no matter what the range is, finding community is important. And we want to help you with that journey because going on this journey of faith and going on this journey of life is supposed to be done in community and together. So on February 21st, you can go on our website and on that website, you can check it out and see, well, I have an open time on Friday. And on Friday, there's a group that meets in the morning for coffee every single Friday. There, whatever it may be, there's all sorts of details on February 21st. We encourage you all to check out the website if you're not in a group already to see where you are and to find your community. Also, what I want to invite you all into, if you've been here for some weeks now, you reckon or you understood or you heard that we're partnered with Lafayette Elementary, the principal reached out to us and we've been in communication with them of helping them with this book drive. In celebration of Black History Month, we want to increase the number of books that the, uh, the elementary has as it relates to representation of people that are ethnic diversity and come from different backgrounds because representation matters. I actually brought up here with me, if you walked in here in the building, I know you're not at home, but when you walked in the building, you've seen a few books and the books on the table. And I wanted to take a moment to stop and pause just to recognize that there's some things that's taking place that I really think is going to be very special. I walked by that table, and on that table, I seen on there little leaders, bold women in black history, little legends, exceptional men in black history. These books are going to be in the hands of a kid one day because somebody at our church decided to donate these books. And there's going to be somebody that's not of the black race, and they're going to look at it. And we think that this is important because they're going to see it, and it's going to be a mirror. It's going to be a a window, actually, a window into seeing perspective, into seeing lives that are not like their own, a window to see into another person's story. And then there's going to be some kids that are in our community, and they're going to pick up a book, and they're probably going to look like me. And when they pick up this book, it's going to be a mirror for them. They're going to see themselves in that book, and it's going to be representation of where they can be. And I can just imagine as a young boy picking up a book that says Exceptional Men in Black History, what can I be as a little boy knowing this book is detailing all the black achievements and contributions that have been made throughout history. So I encourage you to be a part of Ascent as we celebrate black history and we help out Lafayette Elementary when it comes to celebrating and and lifting up the achievements of black voices and more than just black voices but in general voices of different ethnicities. I not only want to encourage you to donate a book or whatever that may look like of donating money, which you can do on the website, but I also have a book here that I'm going through. And I picked this up because I'm in seminary right now, but they've instructed us to read this book. And I thought, I think it's important for us to not only pick up books for our children to go through, but pick up books that we're going to go through when it comes to racial justice and finding ways to... Uh, in, expand our horizon as it relates to perspectives. I'm going through a book called Brown Church and it's written by a Latino man. And he's detailing all of his experiences of finding God through a brown church. Now, I don't know what book you may pick up or whatever that may be, but I don't just want you to encourage you, or I don't wanna just encourage you to pick up a book for that kid that's gonna need it. But where's the book that you're gonna pick up on this racial justice journey and I think that all of us need to be on? as I am on, and I encourage you to be on. It's a book drive that's taking place. If you want more information, we hope that you go to our website to find out more about the book drive. And if you want any more details or wanna have just a conversation about any of these things afterwards, please reach out to me. Well, to move on in our service, we have an amazing speaker, my amazing wife, and an intelligent woman of God. But before she comes up, I just wanna take a moment to pause and to pray for a second. Lord, we thank you so much for all that you're doing in our world, all that you're doing in our lives. Thank you so much for continuing to work in us and show us our blind spots and help us on this this journey of faith, seeking you and to know more of who you are. We don't have it all together, but Lord, we come here right now recognizing we need you. And we open up our hearts and our minds to hear from you on today. And we thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you, Boo. Good morning, Ascent. Yes, see? Okay, it's going to be a good day. Y'all, I'm excited because not only are there people in the room, um, but we have our online family joining us in real time, and I'm really excited about that. And if you are new here or you're visiting, my name is Aisha. I'm one of the teaching pastors here. And um, in the beginning of the year, I also stepped into a new role as prayer pastor. And I'm really excited about that. I'm so grateful for um, the many people that are here um, this morning that are on the prayer team. Um, Just really feel blessed to do ministry with them. But yeah, last night I was reflecting and, you know, I'm excited. I kind of feel like the first day, you know, of school, kind of can't sleep. I didn't sleep. And um, I was thinking like, oh, I probably preached in the beginning of the year last year because, you know, we were online for the majority of 2020. And I was just going through my emails and whatnot and I realized I have not preached since November 2019 with people in the room. That, yeah, it's been a minute. So what I'm telling you right now is that you're going to get a lot of energy for me. And what I haven't been able to say in a long time since we've been, um, you know, preaching to the camera is that I like when people engage with me when I preach. So if I say something that resonates with you, you can say amen. You can type amen in the chat if you are watching online. Um, But know that that is all right and okay with me. Okay. All right. All right. I love it, 9 a.m. I love it. So the past few weeks, we've been in this series called Where Do We Grow From Here? And we've been looking at the early church in the book of Acts and just seeing what we can learn from them using their, um, their experience as our blueprint, as our foundation. And one of the first things we talked about is the church is not a building, The church is a movement of people around a common purpose. And if you start reading the book of Acts for yourselves, in chapter one, you get a few verses in, and you'll see the Holy Spirit comes up rather quickly. And the work of the Holy Spirit is so dominant in Acts that we've anchored our series on the Holy Spirit. We talked about how the Holy Spirit empowers us to be courageous how the Holy Spirit empowers us to care for one another. We talked about what it means to actually be the church and last week Bill challenged us and encouraged us to actually pay attention to the Holy Spirit. Pay attention to the one that's supposed to be our guide, our teacher. And today, today I wanna focus on what the early church prioritized. And specifically what that is, is prayer. Now, when you hear the words prayer, what comes to mind for you? For a lot of people, it's a various amount of emotions that come to mind. Maybe you feel a bit awkward because you're talking to someone that you can't see and that you audibly can't hear. Maybe you feel a bit inadequate because you don't know if you're doing it right. You don't know if your prayers are being heard. Or maybe it's judgment for you. Maybe you're nervous if someone finds out, if one of your friends find out, or somebody in the church that you you don't pray all the time, or you don't like to pray, or prayer is uncomfortable. I think that they'll judge you. Or maybe you can relate to me at one point in my life where I would literally walk into church like, please, no one ask me for prayer. I don't wanna pray out loud. I don't wanna do none of that. And I was just fearful someone was gonna ask me at any given moment, because that was the kind of church that I went to. But maybe today you're someone who has prayed for someone before. You've prayed before an exam. Jesus just helped me pass. I don't even want an A or a B. I just wanna pass. Jesus, give me an answer. I need help, I'm trying to figure this out. That sounds really intense right now. (laughs) And maybe as you're waiting for that answer, you you don't hear anything. And it causes you to question, is prayer effective? Does prayer work? And I hope to address some of those things today But what I want all of us to grab hold of, to cling to, to remember, to keep at the forefront is this. Being devoted to prayer doesn't require skill. It requires intentionality. And I'm gonna say that again. Being devoted to prayer requires intentionality, not skill. And I bring that up because sometimes we feel we're at a deficit when it comes to prayer. We're lacking the words to pray. We're lacking the gifting that we think we need. We're lacking the personality that we think we need to pray. And sometimes that can create this hierarchy of prayer where we think only certain people have the authority and power to pray. So we only wanna go to the pastors to pray for us. We only wanna go to the people on staff that have a title behind their name. We only want to go to people that are older than us or people that have been Christians for X amount of years. But y'all, when I look at the book of Acts, I don't see any of that. When I look at the book of Acts, I don't see the prerequisites and barriers that we sometimes attach to prayer. So before I say anything else, and I know the Holy Spirit is just working in this service from what Ben prayed, from what Maurice prayed, that has just been on my heart. So I just want to um, pause and pray as we lean in together today. God, we thank you for this time of coming to seek your word. I pray, God, that you would open our minds and our hearts to receive what you have for us today. Speak truth. Bring clarity and remove any barriers that we may have when it comes to prayer. God, we want to hear from you and Holy Spirit. We surrender this service to you and we say, Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I get into our verse for today, I want to give some quick backstory to you guys. So, we are in Acts 2. So on the day of Pentecost is a Jewish holiday, and all the believers are gathered together in one place. And then all of a sudden, this mighty windstorm comes in, and the believers are filled with the Holy Spirit. And as a result, they start speaking in other languages. And at this time, there's people from um, there's Jews from all over the nation in Jerusalem. And they are drawn to this sound. They're drawn to this sound that they hear. And they draw near and they're equally amazed and confused as to how these people are speaking their native language. Because they're from various places, various backgrounds. So it doesn't make sense that they would be able to speak everyone's native language that is there. And this is just fulfillment of what Jesus promised in Acts one. He told his disciples to wait for the promised gift of the Holy Spirit and the promise came. And he said, when the Holy Spirit comes, you will receive power. And this was a testament of that. So after this, Peter, what is that? What word did I say, Lord? I don't know. Peter, okay, I'm gonna talk with an accent. So after this, Peter, he starts preaching with this power. He starts preaching with this boldness. And as a result, 3,000 people say yes to Jesus. 3,000 people join the church, and that's where we pick up in verse 42. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. All the believers devoted themselves. So first, what does it mean to be devoted? Simply put, it means to be committed to a specific purpose. To be devoted means to be committed to a specific purpose. Other ways to divine what it means to be devoted is to give attention, to be faithful, to spend much time um, extremely loving and loyal. And these verses highlight for us the four things that the early church prioritized, what they were known for. The first one, apostles' teaching. Now in the book of Acts, the disciples are now referred to as the apostles because they've been entrusted with the task of spreading the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection. They were his inner circle. He taught them about the kingdom of God. They learned so much from him. And the early church was committed to the divine truth of God's word. The next thing that it says they were committed to is fellowship. Now in our society, we can be very individualistic, but no, they were committed to doing life together. They were committed to being with one another, to sharing life. Maurice talked about core groups earlier today. They weren't disconnected from the body, they were connected. And then the next one is one of my favorites, they share food. They was eating Chick-fil-A together, make it a little bit modern. I know we all down for that. But even more specifically, it says that they shared in the Lord's Supper. They remembered what Jesus did on the cross for them, they took communion, that's something that we get to do later on today, and I'm excited about that. And the last thing that it says in that verse is what I feel led to speak on today. I feel like each of those topics could be their own message, but prayer is where we are gonna focus. There was just this tug on my heart. I was planning on going in Acts 12 and pulling out more of a narrative, but I felt like God was just saying stay here, devoted to prayer, devoted to prayer. And if you read through Acts, you'll notice that those words are repeated in Acts one and Acts six. And then if you read the whole book of Acts, you'll see how exactly the early church lived out what it means to be devoted to prayer. Whenever they gathered together, they prayed. Prayer meetings were normal. It wasn't just 10 people that showed up to the prayer meeting. Everybody showed up to the prayer meeting. I'm gonna just go ahead and say everybody. Everybody showed up to the prayer meeting. Prayer was their first response, not their last resort. Prayer was normal. Prayer was their core. Prayer was a part of their daily life. They prayed when they were facing adversity. They prayed when somebody else was facing adversity. They prayed before they chose leaders. They prayed before major decisions. They prayed for breakthrough. They prayed for signs and wonders. They prayed a lot. And then I started thinking about other places in Scripture where we are encouraged to pray. Ephesians 6.18 tells us to pray in the spirit at all times. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Romans 12.12 says, be constant in prayer. And again, those words are repeated in Colossians 4.2, be devoted to prayer. These passages let us know that prayer is an optional for the believer. Prayer is something that we are encouraged, directed, and expected to do. Prayer is something that we are encouraged, expected, and directed to do. And when the disciples ask Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray, you know how Jesus responds? He says, When you pray. Not if you pray, if you pray on praying, you should consider praying. He says when you pray, because there is an expectation that we would pray. And I would say at the basic level, which you will hear when it comes to prayer, is that prayer is how we communicate with God. But I will also add that prayer is how we show our dependency upon God. Prayer invites God into our daily life. Prayer is a part of the spiritual armor that God has given us. Prayer is a weapon. Prayer is how we tap into the power of the Holy Spirit, where God puts some super on our natural. And although prayer is one of the most talked about topics, yet it is the least practice. And I say that this morning, not with the intention to make you feel bad about whatever your prayer life looks like. I say that with the aim of reminding all of us how accessible prayer truly is and that God is calling us to be a people devoted to prayer. Verse 42 says, all believers devoted themselves to prayer. So not just the apostles, not just the leaders, not just people with a specific gifting, but all the believers devoted themselves to prayer. Prayer is for everyone. Prayer is a tool, prayer is an opportunity. Prayer is something that each and every single one of us can tap into no matter how long we've been following Jesus, no matter how much we understand, no matter how much we don't understand. And for any relationship to flourish, there's intentionality that's required. Being casual is not gonna cut it, being spontaneous is not gonna cut it. And I believe there's three areas that we can be intentional in when it comes to being a people devoted to prayer. The first area we can be intentional in is our posture. And when I say that, I'm not talking about our physical posture. Are we standing? Are we kneeling? Are we laying prostrate on the floor? I'm talking about our internal posture, and that's twofold. So I have a question for all of you. I just shared with you these verses that say how we're supposed to be praying consistently and devoted to prayer. But what do you do when you don't wanna pray? What do you do when you try to pray at night, but you always fall asleep after you get a few words in? What do you do when you say you wanna grow in prayer but it's just not connecting? What do you do when you get distracted so easily when you pray that you just like, you know what, this isn't working for me? When your head and your heart aren't in alignment with prayer, I say this is when we have the opportunity to tap into the Holy Spirit, who's also known as our helper, who's also known as our advocate. We can ask the Holy Spirit to help us pray to give us a stronger desire to pray. Holy Spirit, make me want to pray. And I've worked at a few um, charter schools in my life, and I often hear um, students talk about how much they are struggling in a class. And they will struggle for the majority of the semester. And they'll wait till like a few weeks before the semester ends, and then they'll finally go talk to their teacher. And then the teacher's like, why didn't you come to me sooner? I'm here to help. And I believe the Holy Spirit is saying the same thing. I'm here to help. So we have to utilize that help. We have to speak up and ask the Holy Spirit to help us have that desire, have that heart posture to pray. And the second part of posture is having faith. There's so many scriptures that talk about coming to God and not doubting. I think about what it says in Hebrews 11, that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance for what we do not see. And it goes on later to say in Hebrews 11:6 that it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who comes to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Another translation says, those who diligently seek him. But we have to have that posture of faith, asking in faith, coming in faith to God. The second thing that I believe we can learn from the early church is being intentional in our communication to God. We have a relational God. He is a very present Father. He wants to speak to us. He wants us to speak to Him. I know I've talked about this before here at Ascent and those are probably things that you may have heard already, but it's a good reminder. And if you struggle in this area I encourage you to find some verses that affirm that God speaks, that God listens. One of my favorite ones is Jeremiah 33 and three. It says, call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. And you know, God tells us to ask for things, to make requests, but we have to be careful that our whole Prayer life is not consumed with just asking God of things. Because I believe that more than asking him for things into, can I get this job? Can I get this relationship? Can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? I believe that he wants us to desire his presence more than we do his presence. You get what I'm saying? Being with him more than the things that he can do for us. And going back to that verse, it says, call to me and I will answer you. And there may be some of you today that feel very discouraged with that because you feel like God leaves you on read. And if you don't know what that means, that means that when you call out to God and you ask him to something, you don't get a response. You don't get an answer. And that is one of the quickest ways to stop us from doing something, right? If we don't feel like it's working, I think I see some head nods with that. And what I see the early church do in Acts, I believe that's something that we can implement in our own lives. Again, going back to that first thing, they were devoted to the word. I feel like when you take the time to read the word and know the word, You get to know who God is. You get to know his heart for you. And when you do that, it's better to perceive his voice when he's speaking. Another thing the early church did was they waited for an answer. I was thinking about this last night, and um, God reminded me when I got a ticket for doing a rolling stop. And I was like, okay, where are we going here? And I think a lot of times when we ask God for something, we do it with a roll and stop. God, would you show me this? Up, and I don't get anything, and I just keep going. I just keep it pushing. But I see the early church, they waited for a response for God. They waited for it. And there's an old church saying that says, he may not come when you want him to, but he's always on time. And by on time, that's his perfect timing, not your timing. And that's something that we have to embrace. Speaking of time, that's the last thing that I wanna see us being intentional in. When we read scriptures that say, pray at all times, pray without ceasing, of gives us the impression that we need to be praying around the clock. And I don't think that's realistic. I believe the heart of these scriptures is just saying to have a consistent rhythm of prayer, to make prayer part of your normal life and not just something you go to when you're in a low place, something that's a last resort, something that's your first response to everything. When you get... Some awesome news, you pray and go to God. When you get some hard news, you pray and go to God. When you're tired and it's somewhere in between, you just go to God in prayer because your schedule is not going to open up for you to pray. You have to be intentional, you have to carve it out because it just won't happen. And sometimes we think, ah, oh, there's not enough time in the day, but really, There's enough time. It's just we're often devoted to other things. We're devoted to watching our shows on Netflix. We're devoted to Bridgerton. We're devoted to our friends. We're devoted to our hobbies. We're devoted to skiing. We're devoted to doing the things that we want to do. And I wonder in doing that, what are we missing out on? What does God want to say to us and be speaking to us that we're not hearing because we're not making the time? You see Jesus so many times in scripture where he would pull away and isolate himself and go to um, a place of solitude to pray. You've got to pull away. You've got to carve out that time. Make the sacrifice to get up earlier. Make the sacrifice to stay up a little later. Set a timer on your phone to remind yourself to pray, to remind yourself to like, I'm not even going to ask God for anything. I'm just gonna pause and be in his presence. I'm gonna sit at his feet. There's something I learned from another church that I wanted to share with all of you. And it's called the Thirsty Thirty. And that just breaks down how you can spend some time with God. You can spend 10 minutes listening to worship, 10 minutes in the word, 10 minutes in prayer. And maybe as you hear that, you're like, 30 minutes, that's a lot. That sounds like a big jump for me. Well, maybe for you, it's five minutes. It's a minute. All of us are in different places in our journey, right? But we have to be intentional with that time and modify it for whatever works for us if that's something that you want to do. Family, when we talk about prayer, I hope you hear the echo. I hope you hear the strand that it is a relational aspect. It's not a religious duty. It's not something that you can do without relationship. It's about having an honest conversation. And you know, now that I am the prayer pastor, it's pretty crazy because listen to what my very first prayer was. I was in California. I had a, um, a big assignment, I believe, due the following day. And, and this is how I prayed. I said, hey, man up in the sky, can you make it snow? And then I proceeded to open the window and put my fan in front of the window so I can help God out and like make it cold outside. Hey, man in the sky, I didn't know much about God. As I reflect back on that time, I can see I was seeking. I can see I was curious, but it was foreign. And then later, as I started to learn more about who God is, not only in church, but for myself and reading the word, prayer started to become familiar. I didn't fully understand God's voice. I think I hear something, I'm not sure. But prayer felt more familiar and didn't feel so odd and awkward. And I just kept at it. I kept being consistent even when I didn't hear anything I just believe that even if I can't hear God, he hears me. And he says he wants to speak to me. He says his his sheep know his voice. So I'm gonna stand on that. And again, through time, I made another transition. So I went from prayer feeling foreign, prayer feeling familiar, to prayer becoming fervent something that I am so passionate about, something that I am intentionally committed to, something that people call on me more for than preaching or speaking or any of that. And it's not to say I arrived, it's just to say I've made an intentional decision to commit to praying every day. And I think there's still room for me to grow and becoming devoted to prayer. I started thinking about who in my life is an example of what it means to be devoted to prayer. And I thought of my great grandmother. She recently transitioned in December. But there is no one else that I can think of that has lived out these things that I see in Acts, that has that intentional posture, that makes the intentional time, that has that intentional communication. And um, my great-grandmother is uh, full Dominican, Spanish is her native language. Um, so I just wanna show you guys a video of my great-grandmother in her, in her essence. On her birthday, I do not think to pray on my birthday. She's devoted to prayer. During the last few years of her life, I would come over with my mom and she'd be in her room praying. And I'm telling my mom, like, you know, does she know we have to leave in an hour? An hour and a half? She would be in there praying. That was her posture. That's how she, that's how she lived. And she left that legacy for me, for my sister, for my mom, for her daughter, my grandma. And this wasn't in my notes, but I can't help um, but say this. There's some of you, when you pray, and you don't know what to pray. You don't know what to say. And scripture tells us in Romans that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. When we don't know what to pray in our weakness, the Holy Spirit stands in the gap. The Holy Spirit can interpret whatever's going on in here to the Father. My prayer for us as a church, as people, is that we would be known for prayer. That we would have the personal testimony that prayer is powerful, that prayer works. That yes, sometimes prayer changes things, but most importantly, prayer changes me. I just wanna pray into that as we close. God, I thank you that you call us to pray. You encourage us, you direct us. You've given us the gift of the Holy Spirit to pray with boldness, to pray with confidence, to know that even when we don't have the words that the Holy Spirit does, I pray, Father, for every person under the sound of my voice that you would show us what intentional step we can take in order to become people who are devoted to prayer. And even for those of us in this place, those of us listening online who feel like we're pretty consistent in our prayer life, I still think there's room for us to grow. I think we continue to grow and evolve and learn more about God, learn more about who he is, tap more into the power of prayer. So God, I pray that you would make that plain. And we thank you so much for today. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Let us sing together in response.
0: the same scripture that Aisha wrote, uh, or excuse me, read a little bit earlier, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship. But it also says in there, in the parentheses, if you look at the scripture, it says also to the Lord's Supper, a moment that they stopped to pause. On a Super Bowl Sunday, on a day when things are going well, whenever it would look like they would say, let us always, as often as we can, do this in remembrance of who Jesus is. For those of you at home, this is that moment when I asked you a little bit earlier to get those things together, because we want to take communion. And being devoted believers, communion looks like just exactly, exactly what they did when they decided to stop and remember what Jesus did. And what did Jesus do? Jesus came all the way from heaven because it's his love for the world. He came and lived a life that no one could live and he died a death that nobody could die, but the story doesn't end there. He also rose again on the third day. And because of that, all power was in his hands. All power belonged to him in heaven and in earth. And we want to stop and thank God for that. We want to stop and remember that we have the ability and opportunity to be people we would never be because of what Jesus did. We have the ability to change this world. We have the ability to bring justice on earth, make earth look like heaven because of what Jesus did. So, of those of you in the room, if you'll take that cup that we have at the at the front. For those of you at home, whatever your elements are, whatever those things are that you may have, join us. I want to read this scripture that instructs us. It says these words. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. There's a little piece in this, in this communion cup. There's a little bread wafer right on the top. And if you're at home, whatever your element is, I want to take this communion with you to remember the body that was broken on behalf of us. Let us eat. It also says, do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. It's simply saying that the blood that was shed on the cross, it meant something, it mattered. So we drink juice or whatever your element is to remember the blood that was shed for us. Let us drink. Now, if you took it at this moment or you're gonna take it at a later moment, it's something new in our new normal that I'm actually taking it with you in live time but it feels pretty special and I'm glad that I'm able to do that with you all. But in this next song, this next little few moments, I want you to have that moment to yourself. I want you to have that moment where you just sit, be a little bit more reflective, hear the words of the song, but more than that, take a moment to remember what Jesus did for every single one of us. Two.
2: the worship team to sing that song because I think in this season, we are not only laying a new foundation as a church, but we're also laying a new foundation in our individual lives. And for some of us, we need to build prayer into that. And for some of us, we need to rebuild our lives with prayer. And as I said, prayer is for everyone. And I just kept thinking of, you know, how Jesus always talks about childlike faith. And I asked my good friend, Chloe, I told her we were gonna be talking about prayer. Come on here, Chloe. I told her we would be talking about prayer. And I asked if she would just close us out in prayer today. Go ahead, girl. Mm-hmm.
3: I pray that you help us learn to pray and to love you and to just trust you and to learn to care for each other and love each other even if in this hard time.
2: In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chloe. Have an amazing Sunday, family. Prayers available outside of the stage. And also check out the prayer room. Really excited about that. Love you all.